happened again and you know what it still feels like a punch in the gut welcome to the brisbane football review it's james scott and back from his attempted coup on a cruise ship adam ah echo james uh, scott and never well isn't it i'm getting sick of these different guest hosts every week can we have one person please we'll yeah. see how this one goes yeah. Yeah. we might bring him back next week <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, no, yeah. less arabic <laughs> All right, Adam, welcome back from your yeah, holiday. Thank you. Hope you had a yes, good time. Back, I did, yeah. It's a very, very interesting sort of reading, catching up in sporadic periods about what's going on in the A-League. And I think you guys have been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. By so things and some great shows and some great discussions while while I was away. And you know Australian football's never quiet. No, apparently never. not. I don't, never, don't just, just, just that now. And we should say thanks to Angela and Vince for filling mm. in while you're away. Yeah. No, here I'm still on top of the tipping. <laughs> we'll have to see after last week. I'll check, the, I'll check the spreadsheet before we go into segment four. Anyway, we're here to talk about the Brisbane Roar and local football for the Daily Football Show Fan Network, and let's get started with Newcastle winning at Suncorp Stadium again. So it was a late goal to ex-Raw, player jo- ex-Raw youth player Joey Champness, and the Jets came start? away from three points. Came away from Suncorp Stadium with three points once again. Scott, yeah. I felt worse walking away from Suncorp this season, you know? I'm kind of immune to it now, with the amount of losses they've had at home. This year, I'm just, just kind of numb to it now. It's just, particularly with Newcastle, you come to expect it. I thought they played all right on Saturday. The Roars. Just, they didn't take their chances. If they took some of their chances, particularly in the first half, it could have been a completely different game. Well, what stood out for me is, well, as we were walking back to our respective yeah. transport means home, we both said, like, the performance actually wasn't they played a lot worse at home this year than they did on Saturday. I felt wor- I felt all right about the performance. I felt that might have been passable, but that result was still just... I keep using the phrase, punch in the guts. And, yeah. Look, I, I, I caught up with the game also after I rode back home on Monday on the uh, A-League hour. And but just looking without seeing the whole game, it looked like one of those games where it was like you had both keepers on fire. It, was, it looked like it was you know, one point each. And it's just that one moment. One yeah. moment aside the game, I think it's you know that bit of brilliance is what decided. You know? So I don't think I think we should be too down on the Raw's performance because it seemed like it was a passable performance. But it's just yeah, that one, at the end of the day, games are won and lost. You know the goals were in the back of the net. Yeah, it was it was an interesting afternoon. Like it probably wasn't played in the best of conditions either. Where it was no, it was really muggy, wasn't it? It was humid day? and raining, yeah. which would have made it just the pitch come off very the three heavy. days of rain, which meant there was humidity in the air. It was not a pleasant afternoon to run around. I'm sure. And we should point out, though, considering there was a rugby league testimonial the, da- the day before, the pre-season pitch... glorified friendly. Yeah, it w- the pitch was actually in very good nick compared actually. to some of the other yeah. products we've seen we've, in previous we've years. We've ripped the Suncorp Stadium field many times. It actually looked really good on Saturday, given all of everything you're right that had happened before. Huge rain and rugby league 24 hours early. It looked really good. Mm. So give them full credit for that. And the only thing that really suffered was the whole of club photo, which yeah. unfortunately had to be postponed because I think letting, say, 5,000 people <laughs> onto the sunk or pitch might not have been yeah. the best idea. That might have ruined it, yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, so the Royal well, came It's going to get ruined anyway because there's a concert later on anyway. There's a concert later on? Yeah. Ed Sheeran's in town. Yeah, that's it. I uh, couldn't think of the name. Actually, no, that's not fair, right? Don't mind Ed Sheeran. Why but... wouldn't you have a concert when there's three football codes on at the same time? What a great idea. 
Anyway, right. move on. Yes, let's get focus on the game. The Raw came into uh, the match with no changes, which I believe was the first time in a very long time. Since round five last year. Yeah, so... Mm. So that's crazy, isn't it? All the games the Raw have played since then, mm. Champions League, etc. First time, no changes. And, yeah, Ivan French came in at left back, and it was still that attacking quadrant of mm. Macarone, Holman, Bortiak, and Ben Kalfala. Yeah. It was... You're right. <laughs> it was... Well, I suppose what really stood out for me, though, was from the outset, Matt Mackay and Thomas Christensen, that might have been their most effective game as a combination all season. Christensen's getting better each week, isn't he, in terms of his fitness and his sharpness. I think he's really, really improving. He adds so much to that midfield. But mm. I think, you mentioned, Frank, I think right left back, that's really interesting that Corey Brown is out of the side. Mm. I wonder if it is because of the strong rumours he signed elsewhere or not, but you would have thought that would be his position, surely. Yeah, unless it was just a case of Franich did well against Melbourne victory two weeks ago when Brown was suspended, I believe. He was suspended, yeah. Yeah, so it could have just been a case of, hey, it worked last time, let's try it again. Yeah, look, um, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, they beat Melbourne when you were out of country. I did hear that. (laughs) The the, the, the beauty about games in in Dubai is it actually kicked off like, uh, I think it was 1pm was the kickoff for the victory game at 10.30 in the morning, so... It was actually quite, uh, quite good. But, uh, yeah, look, um, I guess uh, that would be a case of, you know, if there is any strength to rumour, and it seems like strong about Corey Brown, it's like, in this case, you know, if it's working, why bother going yeah. back? You know, it's, it's, it's not a good situation. But uh, sort of if there is any strength to rumour, I think that might yeah. be a, a huge point that he's, he's out of here at the end yeah. of the season. And, look, take those rumours for what you will. Mm. Yeah. And I, I do am left to wonder, though, if it is going to be one of those... Well, Corey's going no matter what. Why don't we go to Conor O'Toole? Yeah, I think that's what they might be waiting on here. Conor yeah. O'Toole to come in and take that spot. But I think he's still had injured with a foot injury, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. yes. But overall, like the game was very open and attacking. And it was, yeah. It was a real showcase for the two goalkeepers in the end. It was also a really free-flowing affair. The referee let a lot of things go, which we'll get to later on. But you're right, it was a very attacking performance on both sides. Well, a lot of space, put mm. it that way. In behind both defences, there was a lot of space that... Both teams were trying to exploit, and Newcastle was a little bit more clinical at doing so. And there is one thing we'll talk about later on, but overall, I actually felt the referee had a pretty consistent game. Yeah, there might have been did. a few things that you felt should have been called that wasn't, but he was letting stuff go both ways. There were a few times yeah. where I winced at tackles made by the Raw, thinking, oh God, that's going to get pulled well, up. Well, he was very, very consistent, because everyone talks about the last-minute penalty decision, or non-penalty, whatever you want to call it, the push in the back, but 20 minutes early, and North did the same thing to O'Donovan, he let it go just outside the penalty area. So he's consistent yeah. on it. You can you can disagree and say that both are fouls, but he's consistently let both go. Well, let's keep going with the yeah. penalty decision at the end because we're already yeah. on it now. I honestly thought that was straight out of the Lucas Neal school of defending there, the push in the back. The Lucas Neal school of defending? Yeah, or just uh, shove a guy. Oh, okay. That was back going back to his West Ham days. I remember, he was playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember there was a game against Arsenal where in I think it was like three times in the first 20 minutes... I think it was Theo Walcott was just running past him, so he just stuck his arms out and shoved him over. And uh, I always think Lucas Neal when you say calamities. I always think... Uh, Don't say it. Yeah. That don't we all know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, but uh, look, my, my take on that watching the replay was that... Um, I, I, look, I thought, and I wasn't aware of yeah. that. Um, they obviously didn't show in the highlights package yeah. the one beforehand, so that makes more yeah. sense. I, I thought for mine that that was... a 
a foul. I don't know if it was a penalty. I thought it might have been just outside. But yeah. From my seat, yeah. it certainly looked like it was outside the box. Yeah. But even so, that's still... But watching it, it back on the TV, yeah. the commentators clearly thought it was inside the penalty area. And mm. just for you, Adam, the O'Donovan was about five to ten yards outside yeah. the penalty area. It was well outside. Oh, okay. Yeah. But even so, like that was still... I suppose a frustrating end to a game that yeah. it really felt like the Raw should have come away with at least yeah. a point because they matched it with the Jets. And yeah, were it not for a couple of spectacular saves from both goalkeepers, it could have easily been one of those 3-3 games that all of a sudden gets yeah. replayed as an A-League classic. Jamie Young was really good again, but at some point we have to look at the defending here because there's so much space in behind yes. for Newcastle. I think they might have to adjust this at some point because how many times this year have teams come to Suncorp and hit hit on the counter-attack, or hit in behind the defence. Way too many. It's happened way too many yeah. times. And also, there's still a few players standing off just outside the penalty area as well. And isn't that... So those the... things just need to be tweaked just a little bit. Isn't that something that we were talking about last week, saying that counter-attacking style worked yeah. so well, you know, when they were playing away to Melbourne yeah. Victory in Adelaide. It worked really well away from home. So it would be nice, like, maybe try that at home. But, yeah. for, but for mine, the problem is, is that all the fans, you know, they've got stuck in their heads you know, about free-flying attacking football. It's all well and good to play well, the counter-attacking year, so. style, you know, away from home. But, and, that's, and, that, and that may be where the problem lies, <laughs> is that, you know, they're, they're so set in their ways about yeah. trying to play free-flying attacking football at home. They leave the back door open and we keep on getting yeah. beaten. Whereas we're a more solid team on the road because we're not, we're playing to a style that's more to a situation. That's, that's just a theory. You know? And, but I remember them even, you know, going back last year and the year before, when they had, you know, McLaren and Borello, those two guys that were just so adept at creating opportunities yeah. on the break. They've changed more towards that style anyway over the last couple and of I years. Go back, yeah, and I go back, last, uh, go back to last year where I remember thinking, like, Thomas Broich was sitting very high up on the left wing, yeah. not quite to the Diego Castro level of defending, <laughs> but they were, you know, they were very much trying to play on the break a lot more then, but... Yeah, now it seems like they're trying. They're getting bodies forward, yeah. but they just can't seem to really yeah. capitalise yeah. when they do have their chances. They also just lack that pacey player up front that the Jets had, say, with Champness when he came on. The Rawls didn't have that. I know Enrique's got pace and he made a good run in behind, but he's not ready for that yet, and also there's right. one out of that. Let's get the painful part out of the way and talk about the goal for Joey Champness. Oh. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out of here because I know he yeah. wants to tee off. Look, so. I um, talk about the goal first. Give him credit yeah. for the goal. Look, then look, yeah, look uh, and we'll talk. We'll talk beforehand. Like I so said, we're sort of saying the the sort of commentary on that has been Jamie Young uh, got beaten near post. Uh, my take on it was, you know, watching the replay was that I think um, Jamie Young reacted late. I thought that you know it was a audacious sort of shot by Champness, which you know shows the confidence of the young fellow at the moment. That you know instead of you know I thought for all money he cut inside. And that's probably what Jamie Young was anticipating. And he, he actually took that narrow angle and he, he was rewarded for it. So I think, look, I think that's, that's credit to him. Yeah, you're right. It was a really good finish. Yeah. But yeah. I think, but there is, that, that, so there's a question mark about Jamie Young's, you know, ability to cover that near post. That's, uh, so we have seen a lot of time. improvement in Young's distribution over the time, mm. but that near post does seem to pop it's up every one, few weeks. It's one big weakness it's, in yeah. the moment, isn't it? The amount of times we've seen this year, he's got beaten a near post probably a few more times than anyone would have liked. And, you know, while Young's yeah. agent will probably Overall, be focusing yeah. on the spectacular saves, like yeah. the one he had on the Petrados free yeah. kick, he has been excellent this year, yeah, Jamie Young. Absolutely. Where the Raw would be without Jamie Young this year, I don't. I wouldn't want to imagine. And look, it. and with that said, you know, at the end of the day, um, look, if Jamie Young misses one one at the near post, but he's saving five or six, 
I'd take that because yes. at the end of the day, you still got defence. So yeah. don't don't those all your Jamie Young supporters out there don't think that you now we're criticising for say no. criticising. Look, I'd, I'd still take that one mere post miss if you're saving five or six. The, the the sheer problem lies that a we're not scoring. Yeah. So or that you know, the defenders not doing their jobs properly. So I think he's doing the best he can. Mm. Alright, now tee off on chat. Let's off you go. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll just tee you off here. Because <laughs> as, up here. as mentioned in the introduction, there was the a bit of confusion about what Joey Chambers' role with the Brisbane Rule was, even from my part apparently, because I haven't had any coffee this afternoon. <laughs> but Adam, look, it's something that you now I've been. It's sort of this whole thing has incensed me for months. I think mm. him scoring is just really sort of topped off. Is that this whole? Yes, Joey Chambers was a Brisbane Rule youth player. And, and look, I just want to disclaim this and say, look, I'm a huge fan of this kid. Yeah, I, 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 I've seen, I saw him in the days when, you know, he was a part of that lethal front three yep. with Royce Brownlee and Charles Mendy when Morton, Morton Bay, Bay won yep. the MPL Championship. So don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, he was not contracted. So this whole hyperbole about, about you know, oh, the Raw, let him go, the Raw has stuffed up. Get real, people. Yeah, unless you guys are geniuses and think that you know you, you, you've got crystal ball and you know youth development, you know, you, like you said, you, you're asking for something that you never knew. I can tell you for a fact, and I've, I've got the figures in front of me. You go back to the 2016 MPL Queensland season. Yep. At the end of the season, he has scored four goals from 14. <laughs> you're not going to give a, a kid a senior contract based on those figures, especially when, now, with the benefit of hindsight, there were... Uh, including him, there are 11 players that have made A-League debuts. I'll, I'll go through them quickly. You've got Joey Champness, you've got Adam Sawyer, Cameron Cristani, Cameron... Uh, Ka- Connor. So, Connor, Connor. Till, sorry. I can't read my writing. Uh, Dane, <laughs> Dane Ingham, Daniel Leck, Joe Coletti, Kyle Rolls, Nathan Constantopoulos, Nick D'Agostino, and Shannon Brady. All, all of them, bar all... one, have been in the, in the Raw. Yeah. You say Harrison Sawyer, though, by the way? Uh, I, I There's he, another one. Oh, he actually did, yes. He, he was there. Um, I've, I've got him another list, but yeah, he did make... He did make a A-League Did you say Leck as well? Yeah, I said Leck. No, so so, so 12 players from that squad. Yeah. You can't tell me that back in 2016, amongst all those potential stars, and then you got a guy like Nick D'Agostino, who in the same season scored 10 goals in 11 games. Who do you think the Raw were going to give a contract to? And on that D'Agostino point, he, they clearly saw him as good enough to yep. move on yeah. from Joey Katabian. Well, and just... Yeah. To follow up on Adam's point, you mentioned Chantness had 14, 14 appearances, 4 goals. Well, another player he was competing with was Jaden Prasad. He didn't make yep. an A-League debut so far, but he had 4 goals in 11 games. Yep. And also, to put the, in the National Youth League that year, Chantness made 5 appearances off the bench with 1 goal. Exactly. So he was an impact sub. Yeah. Competing he, with the likes of Prasad, as I mentioned, and Shannon Brady. Well, he, and here's, another name, the like as well. here's another name that I know the Raw did not pick up, but who probably should based on those figures. Yeah. Driven. And that's Jesse Daly. He's yeah. 5 and 19. Now, we've seen him go around in, um, it's for South Melbourne, and I think he's back playing yeah. for Lions now, I he's believe. He's back at Lions, yeah. Yep. So, like I said, you, you look at all this. You'll and hear you, all about it. You, yeah. you, look, <laughs> you look at all this, and you say, and you put yourself back in 2016 and say, to those at the Raw at the time, you know, could they have picked Joe Champness as, yeah. you know, this, the next big superstar to be a player that's potentially in 2018 yeah. is going could be our, yeah. the NAB rising I star. Don't think, the, I don't know. think anyone could have predicted yep. Joey Chambers would have this much impact this yeah. soon, including Newcastle when they brought him in. Uh, just just, what, just it, one last, yeah, one last yeah. point just on, on Newcastle. Yeah. You want to, you, like I said, like, it seems like at the moment that I know some mood of Australian football that everything's negative and all that. Mm. But you know what? I don't look at it as, oh, the Raw stuffed up. I look at it as congratulations to Laurie McKinnon, congratulations yeah. to Joel Griffiths, congratulations to Ernie Merrick for picking this kid out 
Now, congratulations to Martin Lee for sending this kid over to Portugal to Academia de Coimbra, who played reserves. He only played nine appearances for reserves, but something's obviously happened over there where he has he has developed into a player. He's gone back to the Newcastle system. Ernie Merck has seen something and given the kid a chance. Yeah. Why, why what, didn't go what, and say, oh, yeah. Barrault has stuffed up? To your point about hmm. the Portugal thing, you said this champness got... We don't even know if he did get released. Maybe it was literally just this opportunity, it was to, an opportunity. to join the A-League extended squad in Newcastle plus go to Portugal as, we, as, as an opportunity for him was something he could not pass up. And maybe the yep. Raw did want to keep him in their NPL squad for another 12 months and see him develop. Yeah. And he just said, I can't, I have to take this opportunity. As we, as we discussed in our, off, off air and in our chats yeah. and all that, is that even if the Raw had earmarked him, Unless they moved and gave him a National League contract, yeah. he was fair game anyway. Yeah. So Newcastle it's, come this along. This has happened before. We yep. mentioned Harrison Sawyer two minutes ago. It's, Newcastle did the exact same thing with him. Lachlan yep. Jackson? No, he was oh, he no. was end of season. Jason, and the biggest Jason example, Gary, Jason Garrett. Yeah, he's and, the big and one. You've got idiots out there that are saying that, oh, the, that Melbourne victory stole him as well. No, they did not. You, you cannot be released yeah. if you don't have a contract. You, just for people who don't understand, if you're on yeah. a youth league contract, you are fair game for yep. other A-league clubs to give and a senior contract to. Yeah. You, if you get you an can, upgraded deal, you can yeah, move you can between go. clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what happened with Jason Gary and Ange took him down to Melbourne. And, and it's also what Newcastle did. I've got one, one final point, and then I'll, I'll Can I just say we've missed yeah. you, Adam? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been brewing for a couple of weeks, so that's just why I'm going... I'm these going, Middle I'm, these I'm going cruises the, in the Middle East have a big impact, don't they, James? I'm, I'm going for the fences early. <laughs> I'll give you one last name that people can Google and look up, and that's Anthony Burke, because he actually went with yeah, Joey Champness to Portugal. Have you heard of him since? The, the, the main overarching point is that quit blaming Brisbane Raw for you know this oversight. Because you know what? You're not bloody time, time travellers. You, you weren't seeing in there 2000, seeing what we saw back in 2000 and what a lot of other people have seen. No, at the end of the day, you know what? It's, it's more should be congratulations to Newcastle, congratulations to Joe Champness yeah. and everyone, not oh, the Raw yeah. are at fault here. And also the other point you've got to realise with a lot of this stuff for me is... <laughs> How much luck was involved with Champers getting the opportunity yeah. at Newcastle? Because you, they had the injuries to Roy O'Donovan yep. early on, yeah. the injury to Roddy Vargas, where basically they said, all right, time to sink or swim. Yeah. I know he was in the squad round one, but I think they had other injuries then as well. He probably but, was yeah. not going to be in the A-League squad all year long. They probably had him earmarked for their yeah. National Youth League campaign. And he's taken his 12 chance. games, maybe. Yeah, he's yeah. taken his chance beautifully. But I just want to give him credit as well, because Absolutely. he's done yeah. brilliant for them this year. And he had these raw tools at the in the Euro youth team. He was direct. Yeah. He was quick. He had pace. He didn't have this end product that he has now. It just, it just it developed just, that. It, and it, I don't think anyone who actually saw him play in those games could have foreseen him yeah. developing into this this soon. Maybe you could have, maybe you would say he would have made the A League at some point, but you wouldn't have predicted him to be an impact player this soon. I would give him full credit because he's look, been fabulous. The end of the day, and look, it's still a success yeah. story for the Raw Youth Academy, by the way, to have a player hmm. go go somewhere else and play. You can't keep everyone. And yeah. also, like on that. Point, you've just got to also remember that you're not going to hit them all. And yeah, quite frankly, you could also even put it down to the fact that, as you said, he developed a lot in that time with Newcastle. Yeah. Sometimes people need a change of scenery Absolutely. and yeah. do much better in their that's, second stint. And that's what really annoys me about this, these comments about, oh, Brisbane Raw stuffed up, Brisbane Raw, you know, they, they, they didn't pay attention. Youth development is a lottery. We all know that. Anyone that actually knows football knows that. So, you know what? The Raw have done a lot of bad things and they deserve criticism. This is one that I'll defend them to the hilt about and say it's not their fault. No. All right. all I've got to say about that. But, and Joey's welcome back anytime. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> now, there is one quick point we've got to mention, but we'll get onto it a little bit more in segment three. Enrique returned. He did, and I was 
I'm literally going to throttle him when he just to <laughs> cross the water back. It was set up for him. He gets his first time. I was honestly having flashbacks. Remember when Hervas came on? And did that little flick? Flick to Enrique. Yeah. I was having flashbacks to that, and he decided to pass to Macaroni. He's like, and oh, come on, mate. Look, it's set up for you. In the interest of giving credit where it's due, Nigel Bugard, who I honestly feel like two years ago probably would have found a way to get a red card in that situation. Yeah, no, he defended that quite Phenomenal well. Phenomenal recovery, yeah. Yeah. because he could very like he was busy yelling for an offside, which yeah. he wasn't. But Enrique... Yeah. Speaking oh. of offsides, we have to talk about the Macaroni incident. I didn't even Ooh. notice it at the time. Yeah. I did. Did you? Well, you've got the better sideline view. I think you would have been in line, actually. Just about, yeah. yeah. And myself and there are about three or four other people around me that just looked and went, you have got to be yeah. redacted could you, could you, to make this Could you hear the, um, <laughs> the other redacted words from the Aloisi brothers on the bench? No, a little bit too far back for yeah, that, I was unfortunately. Say, yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to the coverage, you can hear it. <laughs> just, just on the Henrique thing, just quickly. Like, obviously, because it was very sporadic about... I, I listened to shows I was away on the flight home. Yeah. You guys made it sound like last Wednesday <laughs> that... <laughs> Oh, is it? Yes, we'll get to, we'll get onto that a little bit later. Oh, okay, I'll, because I'll save it. Your Joey Chapman's rant basically yeah. took up the rest of segment one. <laughs> so we'll be back. To, we'll Thank be, you. We'll, we'll be back in a little bit to talk about the rest of the league and the NPL results. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam for the first time in about four weeks. We're going to talk about some of the other A-League results and NPL from the weekend, starting off with Friday night, Central Coast 1-0 over Wellington. I was watching the Reds. and I actually watched I actually... this game. There wasn't much to write home about, but well done to Central Coast. Maybe keep their slim finals hopes alive. I'll be honest, the Reds were pretty painful. So. Well, Wellington were probably as painful because they offered nothing. Yes. And let's move on. Victory had a big 3-0 win over Adelaide. Reese Williams channel- channeling his inner Deli Alley. Yeah, but is it Savusevic, the striker's name? That guy, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nut job. What are you doing? Yeah, you shouldn't be raising your hand yeah, and yeah, yeah. E- even giving that yeah. sort of opportunity. I, I think I think Reese Williams, from what I saw, made a hash of it. But yeah, the, the, the commonly you, you you tap someone in the face and you, you're going to be in trouble. I think and you can't even blame naivety to A League as well because if you do that anywhere in the world, you're going to get yeah. done for it. Yes. So uh, Perth two one over Melbourne City. That was a bit of a shock. Two late goals and Neil Kills Kilkenny had a Kills bit of a... revenge. Yeah, you've worked on that line, haven't you? <laughs> where did you, where'd you get that line from? Oh. He, didn't he go try and tee off on um, Warren Joyce too? That was great. Yeah. No, look good on him. Like I said, that's a big result too for Perth. They've got a lot of home mm. games towards the end of the year, so they will probably think they have a chance as well. Yep. And then we're going to talk about some incidents from this game in segment three. But Sydney FC three one over Wanderers. Is this the lowest profile Sydney derby ever? I don't know. See, I know I, the rain put a lot of people off, but it just seemed like it was the build up was so quiet. It. It was a bit of a surprise having it on a Sunday night, but I, didn't they do it because Sydney had to come back from the Asian Champions, Champions League? League yeah. I also think, is it something with Fox wanted to have one of each derby exclusive as well, something like that? Because the Melbourne possible. derby is Friday night as well. It is. so Because they've always been Saturday night primetime. Yeah. yeah, or... Yeah, they actually always yeah. have been Saturday yeah. night, you're right. But, look, I don't mind putting it at a different time. It's just, I think, it was a combination of factors such as weather and a yeah. ridiculously late kickoff time by Sydney standards. Yeah really didn't help. But you know what? It was still... That first half was really back and forth. A little bit cagey, but... 
Sydney's just ruthless. They are. They are just ruthless. I can't see and, anyone and getting near them, to be honest. I've heard this from uh, Daniel Garb on the Fox Football podcast and totally agree with it. Sydney just, like, they get stronger as the game goes on. Yeah. In, yeah. This is me now. I kind of feel like that's a bit of a reminder of that oh. <laughs> 2010 to 2012 Brisbane Raw side that just kept getting stronger as the game went on. They just they just grind you into the ground. Yeah, and the, the Raw ground the ran raw you bit, into the racks, ran yeah. the rings around you. These guys just steamroll over the well, top. Well, the, the, the third the third and final goal was probably the, the best example of how they did that. Was even though they missed, it's just a swarming you know high press defense. You know, yeah, defence. And then, then it just led to that, that third goal. And yeah. um, it was just relentless. Then. But, you know, the other question is, you know, Adrian Mizierski, is he the Johnny Warren medal yeah, and Yes, medals and win- he is. He's, yeah. You're right, though. It's a different style to the way the Raw dominated teams, but it's the same effect. But they're never out of a game. No, they're never. No. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind putting it on to get, uh, Derby in a different time, though. But It was worth a try. I don't think it worked. We can talk best, about but... scheduling issues next week when we've got a split round yeah. to deal with. <laughs> And now we're going to go on to the NPL round four so far. There were three games played. Morton Bay won Olympic two, Cairns 3-2 over Redlands, and the Raw Youth 2-0 over Sunshine Coast with goals from Matthew Crooks and Nathan Yoon. Yes. And I still... Two very early goals in the first 15 minutes. Two very very good goals as well, particularly Crooks' left-back getting forward. It was encouraging. I'll trust you on that. I was working Sunday. The highlights are up on the Football Queensland YouTube account, so... I encourage people to go and have a look. Definitely. So most of the games this weekend, though, were rained out because yep. we got absolutely bucketed on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there were quite a few swamps instead of football fields. Yeah, just a few. Mm. And early in the season, well, teams tend to not take too many risks with their field because if you chop them up now, they don't recover. Yeah, that's right. Um, I still am going to ask the exact same question that I did last week. What genius put all the games on at the same time as the Brisbane Raw? Don't look at me like I did it. It wasn't me. No, but oh, you were here last week, yeah. so... Oh, bossy. <laughs> yeah, you got any ideas, out, Adam? Please. Oh, look. Oh, I just think, you know what, it's just one thing, yeah, that... You, you, you talk about engagement with the community, or it's not the way to go, because like I said, you, even though you might get two or 300 people mm-hmm. at, these, at these NPL games, that's two or 300 people that probably should be at Suncorp Stadium supporting the Raw Raw, supporting you, against the Raw You Raw, also might get more people at the NPL grounds if they didn't clash with the Raw games Exactly, as well. and, and that's a vice versa and, effect, yeah. And that would actually be something that, going forward, I would really be interested in seeing at Raw games saying, go, like, especially in this late part of the season, saying, you know, your local teams are in action here. Yeah. Even if it is, you know, sort of saying, oh, the Young Raw are playing here this weekend or next. They don't They do not do any in-ground in um, cross-advertising the NPL, do they? I, no. I don't no, recall, no, yeah. No, no. But yeah. just that sort of stuff yeah, would be yeah. a good way to sort of build a, like build, a, yeah. you know, some sort of relationship and say, all right, we know you're there. We want... We want some sort of cross-relationship. And with a lot of these academy clubs as well, like surely that yeah. could be a part of that deal yeah. where the clubs are paying money to the Raw to be an academy partner. So why not see if I think you they advertise the academy partners up on the screen, but never their actual yeah. games. Yeah. Well, probably because they're in competition with a lot of the... Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, but that's, like, look, that's something that probably, you know, it's a, it's a minor issue, but I think something that needs to be looked at. You know, going the rained out games are on July 21st, by the way. Well, I was going to get to that, but yeah. I was enjoying our little uh, sidebar at the <laughs> yeah. moment. Okay. So, yeah, all the games rained out, uh, yeah, July 21st, as you said. So just the other point I did want to make, Shuto Kubiyama's now got six goals for the year. He is a machine yeah. of a striker. Yeah. That's, that? that's an unbelievable. He's on pace for 20-plus goals and beating the record of Sam Smith from last year. Is he going to be this year's Kenny Athew? 
I think he said, well, this year's Sam Smith. <laughs> He's our version of Kenny Ashby, mate. Or was it, uh, who was it last year? The There was the other guy, um, Charles Mendy. The, yes. Yeah, the, oh, maybe he'll go, maybe he'll make the jump to the A-League. No. I hear not that. I did, I did no. used to think that, but then I thought, no. Nah. Yeah. Not quite. Mm. You can see there is still yeah. there is still a gap between NPL yeah. and A-League level. There is a and... gap. He's just a super player at that level. Yes. All right. So, uh, what are we going on to? Pyro at Walter Park. Well, yes. Got a little bit more to talk about with Flares later on. You can on. see it on the live stream, which was cut very, very quickly by Rafe on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it kind of threw him. I have to go back and listen to his commentary of it. it compl- he was just trying to do a recap of the no. game, and he got completely sidetracked. I'll, by I'll be honest. I might have... I think there also might have been a, like an all-in brawl or something in the background as well. Yeah, something going on between the players and the coaches as well, or something from, as well. From really, from uh, so. looking, looking from very afar, I thought maybe the, the amount of rain that uh, you guys had, I, mean, I thought they may have been preparing for the lights <laughs> to go out Walter Park and signal for help. <laughs> well, so, if that's the case, but <laughs> disclaimer: I'm not condoning no, players. No, that is a joke, people. You can also send those to Spencer Park, whose lights went out, <laughs> yeah. and Lions in the preseason oh, as well. Oh, the pizza's okay. <laughs> I don't know, I haven't been. Oh, okay. we'll have to, in a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. We'll have to get out to City at some point yeah. soon, definitely, because yes. I could go for Best a pizza. pizza yeah. Well, that's a big claim. They better live up to it now. Mm. Well, they are we, pretty good, though. If we need off-season filler, we'll just go around and raid all the pizza in yeah. Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, FQPL all rained out to be confirmed. Yep. yep, July 21st, I imagine. Yep. And then NPLW, Souths 4-1 over the Raw slash yeah. NTC. That's the one club who will not suffer a rain because they've got the synthetic pitch. So that's why that one went ahead. There we go. Yeah, the rest are all rained out. Catch-up dates to be... Except for one last night, Logan Lightning beat Southwest Queensland 4-1. That's it. All right. So obviously it was a fairly busy weekend for us watching the A-League. So that's about all I have to say on the NPL, to be totally honest. Of course we didn't see much, did we? That's right. But this weekend, uh, Redlands versus Raw Youth, 7 p.m. Friday at the Cleveland Showground. I'll be making my way out to watch that, so I'll have something to talk about next week. Get to see some NPL for the first time this season. Yeah, so if you see Scott and Adam, feel free to go and say hi to them and tell them how much you hate them. I mean me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Light people need encouragement for that. Yeah, if only you guys were on camera after every A-League home game, people knew what you looked like. Exactly. uh, Saturday, Strikers versus Gold Coast United, Cairns versus City, Pride versus Sunshine Coast. (laughs) North Queensland United, Morton Bay, and Mackayan with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC against South West Queensland. I heard that uh, Vince took your task. Full <laughs> name, please. <laughs> I suppose, again, Raw playing Saturday night, though. Yeah. Geographically. The only thing I'll say this time is I don't think Brisbane Strikers or Gold Coast United fans have much interest in well, the Brisbane Raw given rivalries. Well, that's what I was actually going to follow yeah. that up with. You look at the games in the greater Brisbane yeah. area, you've got Strikers and Pride. Now those are two, yeah. and and also Morton Bay up in my in my yeah. neck of the woods. So. But are they a home or away? Morton Bay are home. Okay. Again. Yeah. God, they get more home games than Perth. <laughs> hey. hey, it's a great it's a great part of the Send world. Send your but, complaints too. But outside of strikers, hmm. all those games are regional. Yeah, yeah. fairly yeah. Well, out of the CBD anyway. So it's not like yeah, you've Morton got Morton not over in Brisbane. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get your league team. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, we've got a very big news segment coming up, so I think we'll call it there. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. It means a lot. It means a lot. As I said, uh, my heart was always here, so I always watch the games from distance. So 
means a lot to be here, to be back here with the team, with the club, in the city, with my teammates. So it's really great. Uh, things change, so I'm on my chill now, but feels home. Definitely feels home. So it's a different Ricky, more mature, with different attitude, but uh, definitely feel at home here. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. That, of course, was the Raw's most recent pickup, Enrique. Scott, have you heard of him before? No, I've never heard of him before. Adam, do you remember him at any point in time? <laughs> Look, um, yeah, we, yeah, we, I think he deserves a wing in the Hall of Fame based on what he's done. So <laughs> it's good to have him back. But I just want to, I mentioned in, in segment one that, uh, because I, I was off offline for a certain time while Lucky away, you. that last I heard was that John Elvis is saying not going to sign him. I turn on my phone, my phone back on reconnect with the world. Enrique's back. He signed and he's going to play against Newcastle. So what happened? So that came out Thursday morning yeah. about, what was it, 14, 16 hours after we finished recording yeah. last week with Andrew. Saying so it's not going to happen, yeah. 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 But at Friday morning's press conference, Vince... Regari asked what that was with John Aloisi, and this is what he had to say. John, uh, two weeks ago you said it was definitely not on for Enrique this season. He must have done something to, to change your mind. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen him when you asked me that question, and it was a day before a game, so I had to quickly shift the focus to the game that we're going to play, um, and that was a way of doing it. And then uh, I sat down with Enrique uh, last week, uh, asked him what he's been doing, how he was, and uh, his motivation, and... Uh, about coming back and, and playing again. And to be honest, I had in mind that uh, I invited him out to training to see how he was going to pull up for maybe signing for next season because he's still only 32, still at a good age. And um, and I saw how good he was in training and how sharp he looked. I thought there's, uh, I had no hesitation in asking the club if we were allowed to sign him to the end of the season. And, and they said yes. So I've, I haven't seen Ricky this motivated and this sharp... Uh, for a long time, you know, and, and we know what he can do when he's uh, on fire. And Yeah, so that explains the change of heart. He hadn't seen Enrique, and you know what? I'm not entirely happy with that comment, to be honest. Yeah, you, Basically, the... You've got some form on that. <laughs> I don't. Well, explain why you're well, not so happy yeah, with that yeah. comment. To me, it's a case of... Like, I'm trying to find the nicest way to say it, but it basically just screams... Uh, I didn't know what else to say, so I'm just going to throw something out there. Now, we know Aloisi is quite polished when it comes to being on TV and whatnot, but <sighs> that doesn't seem like the best thing to say in hindsight. It would have been it would have been a question that you should have expected, frankly. Oh, you should have absolutely been expecting questions about it, particularly given what he had said previously. Yeah, and it, I can't imagine that it would be like something that he would have been totally surprised about, Enrique, coming out to training, and... Yeah, I don't know. It just it is I, great to have him back, though. It is like from yeah. sentimental value off the charts, yeah. but and there's in, a spot in the squad for the season. I know people talk about it's another over thirties player, oh, but I think a lot I'm of the, so, oh, there's going to be a lot I'm of change so this off season. There's going to be yeah. a lot of change this off season anyway. I think so. And Enrique did actually say in that press conference he's only signed until the end of this current season, so yeah. it's a seven game contract or whatever it was. Yeah, and yeah, he does have a role to play in this squad. Sentimentally, I say, you know, I'm all for it, but, you know, practically it's great having a full squad again. I'm still not 100% behind I can't understand the argument of people saying there's surely there's a young player an opportunity. Shannon Brady's a classic example. He's been here for four years now and he's made about four starts. 
yeah, it not would... near enough to he's not had enough football. So I understand that overall point. The two guys who I feel like should be feeling the most hard done by here are Brady and Daniel Leck. Yep. Aloisi was asked, you know, what can Enrique bring to the squad? And this is what he had to say. Yeah, look, I felt that uh, in my first season here when uh, Ricky was coming back from ACL that uh, every time that we were bringing him on as a sub, he just gave a crowd a lift and automatically that gives uh, the players that are on the pitch a lift. And actually, uh, I can see the opposition defenders going, you know, Ricky's coming on and they, 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 they were, I wouldn't say scared but they knew what to expect from him and uh, and he scored nine goals mainly coming in off the bench that season so um, I'm not going to put pressure on him um, but I know it just gives everyone a lift around he's given the, the players already a lift in training because the training this week has been superb and we saw that lift coming on coming onto the field on Saturday I think it was when the whole crowd just yeah. it Almost, not woke up. It started but... when he was warming up behind the goal. Yeah. In the first half. And you're right, when he just started running back to the subspence to get his last instructions, the crowd was up. Yeah. Before he even got to the sideline. And So he does bring a huge lift. That's absolutely correct. It's always been the case as well. And I'll be honest, the Enrique song in the den is one of my favourites. Yeah. I feel like one of their best. Yeah. I have a slight <laughs> issue with it, but I won't go into it. One. Hey, if anyone's going to take offence to short jokes, it's going to be no, me. No, no, no. Not, not that long. <laughs> But, yeah, look, I, I wish I could say I was 100% happy with the re-signing. It, it's yeah. nice to see him back, but yeah. I am a little bit sort of... In the interest of consistency from last week, I yeah. said I wasn't a big fan of the idea in the first place, but, look, if if he's going to be I around next year... squad balance is a really interesting debate, and I do think there is a lot of ageing players in the squad, but, again, I do think that's going to change... By next season. I don't think we're going to go into next season with nine or ten players over 30. I think there's going to be yeah. a, a shift in balance towards a, a more youthful-looking squad. I think just quickly, just, yeah. When does that happen and when do these kids get an opportunity? Hey, Adam, what do you think of the yeah, re-signing? Yeah, because this story actually yeah. all, all broke while away. So, but sort of from a long way to looking in, it's a case of... Look, uh, any other season, I'd be concerned, but I think it's drastic times to pull for drastic measures. And I think, you know what... Enrique is available. He knows the squad. He knows the club. You know, it, it's obviously a, a positive lift for the fans who need something to cheer about. Yeah. Um, look, at the end of the day, it's worth the gamble. Like, you, yeah. what, you, what, what do you got to lose? Yeah. So I, I, I look at it like that. I, I get you guys' points you know, about, you know, and people's points out there about, you know, oh, being so sort of very cautious about it. But I just think, you know, drastic times call for drastic measures. You need something. Of you course, need... last point is a big upgrade on Scapettis, no matter which way you want to look at it. In both jersey number and quality. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, I was just thinking, yeah, if he scored on Saturday, my opinion might have been swung then and there. <laughs> anyway, uh, one player, you you mentioned there would be some changes. One player that sounds like he might be on the way out is uh, three-time championship winning goalkeeper Michael Theo. Yeah. Marco Monteverde had the story that it seems like he's going to depart at season's end with Olympic the likely destination. Yeah, it just sounds like he's ready to end his professional career, which he's been an amazing goalkeeper across... The history of the A League, not just at mm. Brisbane Raw. Yeah, Melbourne Victory in the early days. I mean, he and Eugene Glekovich were in the same club at one stage. Talk about a luxury. And when you go back and look at some of the stuff that he's achieved, five A yeah. League championships, yeah. three I would premiers, say four premiers plates as well. Four premiers plates, and possibly the biggest save in an A League grand final yeah. with that uh, penalty off Pedge Bojic. Yes, mm. that was an unbelievable save. Mm. He's been an amazing goalkeeper for this yeah. football club as well. Yeah. I know he hasn't been the best in the last couple of years given all his injuries. 
but he's been an amazing player at this club. And that should not detract from yeah. what has been a remarkable stint yeah. with Brisbane. It's, it, for me, it's time. He's been an amazing yeah. player, and for him to struggle with injury night and try and come back again and again, it may just, it may just dent that legacy a bit. So mm. I think, you know what? Go out, and hopefully it's announced soon, yeah. so at least, you know, I do hope he gets one more appearance as well. Just actually, you know, can actually go celebrate that, you know, the end of what has been a remarkable career. Yeah. Well, there is that round 26 game against the Mariners, which if you're looking for a silver lining, or if hypothetically the club's finals hopes are done and dusted, you turn that into a farewell match. Yeah. Hmm. Like, you've got a yeah. whole bunch of guys who are more probably yeah. than not going to... if you do go back and read some of Marco's reporting over the last few months, he's kind of leaked a few... Na- or not leaked, just announced a few it's players been who are probably yeah. moving on, yeah. They are still rumours at this yeah. point, I would say. As, yeah. as good as Marco's reporting has been yeah. at times, still exercise until, caution until until, until the club, yeah. until Michael Theo says it's time, he's still contracted, yeah. he's still playing, yeah. he's still... He's still, I, trying, he's still training, yeah. 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 Uh, I do hope he gets one last appearance, because yeah. he does deserve it. He does deserve yeah. it. Thomas Broach was back as well, and yep. the big point of note to come out here is that he is one day going to be interested in coaching a Brisbane side. Yes. So hopefully it's the good... Apparently, during the Facebook Live he did with the Raw, he said that the that was the plan to coach yeah. the Raw, so yeah. or a Brisbane side. So, look, it would be great. I'm. It sounds like, yeah. based on Marco's story this afternoon, that he's going to be headed back to Europe and spending a lot more time there instead of working with Brisbane City, which I'm actually quite happy with for the simple fact that, as much as yeah. I love Thomas Broich, I don't want him being an A-League coach to be no. his first experience. The other thing is, you look at the German Bundesliga at the moment, the amount of really good young coaches in that league that have been produced in that country. If he's going through the same mm. same education process, that's only going to make him a far better coach than he would getting any coaching but course out no. here. Are you listening, Mr. Kronke? There are a lot of good young coaches <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> with plenty of potential coming through. It's a disgrace, fam. <laughs> oh dear! Oh look, the only thing I say about that, yeah, and actually, to be honest, if he doesn't, if he doesn't ever come back, then it means that he's actually gone on and he's yeah. you know bigger about as a coach. You know, at least he'll at least apply as a player, he'll always have a place here in Brisbane. Are you sure you want to talk about Arsenal, by the way? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like by the time some people listen to this, it's only going to be worse. <laughs> Well, you are playing Man City again this week. Exactly. Yeah. And then Brighton on Sunday night. Oh, no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Mitch Nichols wanted to be closer to family, so he's gone to Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, mm. I suppose it's closer in Perth, isn't it? Yeah, just about. Perhaps. Mm. Unfortunately, <laughs> he won't have the luxury of playing every week at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was released by Perth Glory. They finished 14th in the top flight last season, and what you wrote there, Scott, is about all I know about that yeah, side. Yeah, that's about all we know. And yeah, there, were a few very fun, there were a few very funny comments in it. Our uh, Facebook I page. Want, I, I wish I had a dollar for every time that joke was made today, but I hope it he didn't take his bodyboard bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, well, I did. I was interested to read that. You now, when he got released by Perth, that there was actually thoughts that, oh no, he's coming back to Brisbane. I think the um, that's that five four uh, preliminary final. I think that dashed any hopes of him coming back to that, Brisbane. And also the fact that he's out of contract. It was under contract when the transfer window closed, which is why people said the Raw should have signed Braden Crowley instead of Enrique. He was under contract when the transfer window closed. They couldn't have signed him anyway. Yes. You can only sign players mm. after the... If the transfer window is closed, they have to have been released or mm. out of contract at that time. Otherwise, they have to wait. Because Enrique think- didn't have a club at the time, so they were able to get him. Joey Lynch was very vocal about yeah. that. Oh, why didn't you sign Bra- Braden Crowley? Well, that... He's That's why we, we had been calling the sign yeah. Braden Crowley. So anyway, um, 
On to a little bit of women's football. Algarve Cup. Yep. They're playing Norway Thursday, 4.30. So tomorrow morning. morning. Yep, tomorrow morning. Portugal Saturday at 1am. And China Tuesday at 5.30 in the group stage. And there'll be another game at the weekend as well. A playoff game. Just no matter, no matter where you finish, it's a playoff game. Oh, that's good. Uh, so from a raw perspective, Mackenzie Arnold, Claire Polkinghorn, Hayley Rasso, Katrina Gorey and Tamika Butt. Yes. Three Emily... of those people have been on the show. Yes, we'll have to get the other two on. Yeah. Emily Gilnick was a late withdrawal with injury, so we wish her all the best in her recovery. And Hopefully she can get back before the Asian Cup. And you do hope that uh, the Matildas are able to continue their good form like what they showed against China yeah. when they played in Melbourne. I think they're going to have one eye on the Asian Cup though as well. Yeah. Which is a far more important thing when you consider World Cup qualification. Well, would you consider, I don't know, experimenting a little bit, trying a few different players think, here and there? I think that's what they'll probably do. Yeah. Try combinations and things. Trial run. So yeah. if they do happen to lose a game or two, don't freak out. No. Not, not an hour of confidence. Mm. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's, mm. it's a glorified, you know, no, it's like glorified. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a big tournament in women's football, but it yeah, is Yeah, but a, at the end of the day, like I said, the Asian Cup, but I just one thing I want to pick up on from one of the previous shows that were. Andrew was speaking about, about Alan Sajic's um, sort of attitude towards that and about what the expectations are. Look, I think the expectations are now is that, you know, you, you want them to win. You, like I said, you want the Matils to win every game. You think you actually think that, you know, even the likes of England and the US who are, you know, top two, you, you'd actually back the Matils at the moment in their form to actually push them. So I think saying, oh, it's not the end of the world, I actually think, you know, what expectation on this Matils side at the moment is that we can, you know, we can be world champions. I'll just say as a counter to that, yeah. if they approach it with a full-strength squad and go out to win and then lose, yes, then you can panic. If yeah. they're experimenting to... Yeah, no, I think, yeah. I think Algarve Cup, yeah, if it, it's sort of if you don't, reach the, don't win it or I'm not sure how it works as far as that goes. Yeah. Look, it's not in the world, but you know what? We should be we should be looking at winning the Asia Cup. I know yeah. it's in Jordan, you know, and whatnot, but I think expectations for them until is you know yeah. we should be yeah, going that they're winning. Anyway, uh, PFA W League Team of the Year, five raw players named as yes. you would expect for a side that won the Premiership. Yep, yep. Uh, Arnold, yeah. Carson, Pickett, Polkinghorn, Gorry, and Rasso. Polkinghorn was also named captain, and who else would be the captain? Yeah, no, it's Steph Catley would be the only other option. Please. <laughs> no, Claire Mockingham was captain of the Premiership winning team. Yeah, Catley was captain of the Championship winning team. Yes, but they finished fourth. <laughs> and and you'd say that Claire Mockingham might be favourite for the Julie Dolan medal. You'd have to hope. Yeah, yeah. she just got she was phenomenal yeah. this year. No, uh, so as we've teased in this first segment, uh, sanctions for Western Sydney Wanderers fans in the pyro party on Saturday. Who cares? On Sunday, I mean. Well, you know what? To be fair, it was a miserable day and they got thrashed, so I wouldn't mind getting rescued from the game too. You know, but, I honestly wish that... It, yeah, I wish that my teachers at school were as lenient as the FFA because <laughs> all I do is get final warnings. No, I think they're actually the final warning you're talking about lapsed at the end of last season because it was... Yeah, two, but it still goes it back. It's an two seasons thing. ago now when they actually had their big pyro party in Melbourne. But, so it's lapsed and now they're technically under a new thing. So <sighs> I hear your point. It's but that just penalty so has stupid lighting flares, though. Like, oh, you know it's over. illegal. It's not a, oh, it's a football thing. You're still doing it just to be just petty and petulant. And quite frankly, if you need to rely on flares to create an atmosphere, I know it's an old line, but if you need to rely on flares to create an atmosphere, like, how lazy and slack are you? I've got, I've, I was going to sit this one out, but I just want to have one. <laughs> I just want to have one little point to this. Now, the whole issue about flares and all that. Don't rant and carry on social media. You want to actually affect change, and you want to question why they're illegal or if they're illegal. You know what? 
go send a letter to your member of parliament because they're the ones that can change it. Not FFA, yeah. not you know the clubs. It is law of yeah. the land. They're go illegal. talk Move on. to your state government. And as a practical solution, though, you could. Like, I've been around when Flair's been let off right next to me, and you know what? They suck. Like, if you're standing there and you get the smoke in your eyes, you're wiped out for a while, and you don't want to have yeah, to deal with that. If you want that. to have a safe area from, go ahead. But for now, they're illegal. And just if move want, on. Lobby yeah. for it if you want, but they're yep. illegal. Yes. Actually do something about it, and don't act and, like a spoiled, entitled brat like yep. a lot of those RBB members mm. are, yeah. saying that you're being targeted. That's like saying that the police were targeting you when you got caught speeding at 150 k's an hour in an 80 zone. Those cameras outside the stadium on Sunday were ridiculous, by the way. Yes. Well, speed camera thing, that's ridiculous. Were, but I saw images of that, because you know you sent them yeah. to me on the on chat. What was that? That was enhanced security. Yeah, I don't know why they need riot police at the derby, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, that. <laughs> the problem is also, you get one of those situations where a couple of people acting like absolute morons, ruining what Apparently someone, be... some people tried to sneak some flares in the night before. Yeah. For, I think it was a was it rugby union on the night before? Yeah. Yeah, I think they must have went to the rugby union game Jeez, and stuff. If you go in those, those extremes to do that, you know, well, it makes you wonder. And you know, if you think flares are so wonderful and safe... Try smuggle one in in your pants and have one accidentally get ripped there and tell me how safe they are. Absolutely. I've made that joke before and I'm going to keep doing yeah. it every time oh. some moron rips a flare. No, look, Let I... one off down your pants and tell me how safe it oh, is there. hold on to it in your hand. I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of this being the front, this, the front and centre issue in football. Mm. And you know what? All the, all the other codes are laughing at us. I'm sick you know, of this. And, and, and like, so they all say, oh, about the game and whatnot. You know, it's, it's within the game. Like I said... At the end of the day, it's not about FFA. It's not about the clubs. You know what? If it's illegal, if you want to change, don't go reading on social media. Just go talk to your local member. Do something. Because yeah. okay, look, good luck with that. Too, I'm by still, the way. I'm still very against flares. But if they want to eventually have some sort of thing set up at raw games, you could very easily mark off on the 500 level, like up in those corners there. Yeah. You could set something up there with buckets of water, or I have no idea how they even work. Sand. There's a bucket of sand literally behind my seat in the den. Yeah, in so the back row. So. I thought that was for yeah. vomit, but no, it's for. But okay, my point is, if you want to say, all right, we need it, which again, I still don't know why. Say, all right, well, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it away from the people so that it doesn't turn into some sort of like accident or. Why are you a licensed pyrotechnician do it? Why does it have to be the, the common fan? Yeah, like, I, so, like, but, it brings back the whole thing about like MLS. I know that that's a big thing where they is have it Portland or Seattle who does Portland, that, does it? Portland, the green Portland, smoke yeah. it looks great, but that's but yeah, that's you, there. Try and be practical about mm, it. Yeah. I still think you can do more than enough mm. with you know clever one-liners, decent banners. Which, by the way, I still want to see the FFA lighten up on. Like, <laughs> I had no problem with the Wanderers fans having those, oh, those shirts. Are fine. I'll, yeah, and pointing. I at, wouldn't mind getting yeah. a hold of one of those shirts. The only the only banner that I really didn't like was the uh, "All Cops of Pigs" one or something, yeah. but that was just deliberately inflammatory, which is par for the course with the RBB because ooh, I've got to be edgy and controversial to prove. To be how fair, tough I that's am. a line a lot of actor supporter groups use. But... Yeah, it's a solemn mm. actor supporter ultra line. Yeah. Just there. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I think we've wasted enough time on this. Mm. Yes. All right. So there's more FFA Congress mess. We can push that and the just tw- hurry up with solve it, please. Yeah. That's yeah, that. really all we want. And the 2022 World Cup might be on the move, but until it's something concrete... To, said to England and the United States, and given there's 1,045 oh. teams in the World Cup these days, you could play half of it in England, half in the US, and meet in the middle somewhere a for couple, the final. A couple of things on that, because I was obviously in the region. I actually was in Doha, Qatar, 
uh, last. I knew there was a reason I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Look, any great new stadiums over there yet? I didn't see them. Oh, (laughs) I didn't see them. And in fact, there's not much, not much view of like. There's not like banners are saying World Cup is coming. Other than I think a big sign, Qatar welcomes the world at the port. But this is the point I want to make about that: is that just the sources of that. um, Saudi media is saying one thing. Emirati media saying the other thing. Who um, they're not friends with Qatar at the moment. Yeah. Well, so. like any potential yeah. transfer, let's just wait till there's official confirmation yeah. before we start celebrating. Yeah, it's not coming to Australia anyway. So I think mm. we can accept that. But it's not nice place though, huh? Is it? We'll take it a look for that. Yeah. All right, that's go to good. the World Cup there maybe in four and a half years. Well, we'll see if we can write it off as a trip expense for I'm the show. I'm not going. He can go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to be for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. Segment four, it's James Scott and Adam here for episode, I think it's 28 of the season now for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. All right, so... Remember we used to go name these episodes after players who played in that number? Can't do that anymore. No. Yeah, (laughs) because I've lost track of how many episodes we're actually on. Yeah. Well, I know we had 50 a while ago. Yeah. So... So when we get to 77... <laughs> well, I was trying to think, it's 22. It's 33. Yeah. Is that Bojack or Franich depreciation? Yeah. <laughs> it was 33 for the first season, and yeah. we're at 28 now, not counting any of the Friday yeah. specials or anything. So 33 and 28. Don't Fifth, look at six, me. Six weeks' time 61. is depreciation day. Don't look at me. I'm not, my math's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine was too, because I think I might have just said 61. <laughs> Anyway, Scott, how can yes. people get in contact Why with us? I don't have a go at this. All right, yeah, away from Ryan, Where can people tell me how bad my maths is? <laughs> <laughs> they can tell you on Facebook if you search the Raw Review, on Twitter at Raw Review, uh, the podcast on Wishka and iTunes. I used the iTunes while I was away, which was great. Download and all too. Email Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com and the fan cam Northern Plaza post game. We can speak to James and it's invitation to everyone, including. The probably the victorious away fans. <laughs> yeah, that has been so far. So yes. unfortunately. Fair bit yes. of that. Well, this weekend the Raw are playing Adelaide six thirty. No, six fifty. Yeah, it's the Saturday night prime yep. time game at Suncorp Stadium against a team that's probably kickstarted all, all the Raw's home woes this season at Suncorp yeah, Stadium did, yeah. after that late show in round two. And Scott, you've got some interesting numbers about yes. just how. I suppose horrid. Poor, yeah, poor the Raw's yeah. form at Suncorp. Okay, been. so they've played twelve games at home this year, eight points. Do you want to have a guess how many points per game that is? We just covered my math, so no. Point <laughs> six six points per game at home. Yeah. Which yeah. is the lowest by a considerable margin in the club's history. They actually need yeah. three points in the last two games, otherwise they'll have their lowest points tally since the first season at home. And how many home games are in that? Eleven. Compared to yeah. 14. Yeah, the lowest mm. average points per game at home was actually the season when Mike Mulvey was released and Franz Tyson came in. That was 1.07 points per game. Which would have been something like yeah. 13 or And in, look, in fairness, before everyone has a crack at John Aloisi, he actually has the highest tally of points per game. At home. Yeah, because he got 35 points in 14 games for two and a half points a game. It's almost like a correction. So, like last year, we're almost unbeatable yeah. at home. This year, it seemed, we seem to yeah. write the welcome mat. And quite frankly... Yeah, it's all well and good to say... You would have thought it would have been Ange's year, season 11, season, season 2010-11, but he played 15 home games, so his points per game is slightly lower. And the one it. point also about that Raw side was yeah. the fact that they did have quite a few draws yeah. in there. 
You still got 35 points for 15 home games. I'll take it. I don't know. I'll take <laughs> I'll it take too, it. but I do, I do remember like that undefeated yeah. streak. I think it was something like 26 and 10. Something like that, yeah. But... So it wasn't it wasn't a case of winning three nil every week, but moral of the story is more wins at home, please guys. Yes, and they <laughs> only been cha- two this year. They have a chance. They look like they were on track for that win against Adelaide in round one, but then Johan Absalonson kind of back here. Yeah. Then he is on the bench. They so were going to bring him on Saturday oh. against Victory, but because of the red card, the red yeah. card, they thought not. Nah, the game's gone. So, so what you're saying is they don't have to learn the guy who got a red card's name for this weekend? Then no, oh. excellent, and then. We do also remember the 2-1 win for the Raw in Adelaide in round 13. Speaking of red cards. Yeah, where Matt Mackay got sent off, but more importantly, the Raw won. Yeah, they won, yeah. That's not a milestone game. That was also the start of when the Raw's counter-attacking style away from home really started to work. Mm. And, yeah, I remember that was one of those first games where Ben Kalfler and Holman really stepped up a gear. Macaroni was excellent in that game as well. He was too. Yeah. Uh, with 10 men in the second half, his ability to hold a lot. And he was running a lot yeah. and making things happen in the front. That He was really good that day. That was one of his better games. So, looking at the table. So, the Roar are on 22 points with six mm. games to go in the league. Yep. Western Sydney Wanderers are currently in sixth place on 26 points. All yes. of their idiot fans have something to do with it. That gap might shrink in the next month and a half. But, overall, yes. is it last chance saloon, Adam? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely is the last chance. Yeah. We we don't win. It is, I'd say, all over unless there's it a is. stunning collapse it's, in the last five weeks from Wanderers. It's very or, close because I can tell yeah. you for the Raw, they're running Adelaide at home, Sydney away, then the Wanderers away, which is a big game. Mm. And then winnable games against the Wellington, the Mariners, and Perth. But the Wanderers, before we play them, play. Did you just play, run through the schedule that I walked to the fridge to get the yes, magnet? Yes, <laughs> literally right here. So I'll say it for your benefit. Adelaide at home, Sydney away, Wanderers away, Wellington away, Central Coast at home, Perth away. Yes, I know. For, I just went and got that. Yeah, and for the for the Wanderers, it's Perth at home, Wellington at home. That's two games they would look at and say, we're going to get points Jeez, in. it's going to be tough right then now. It's, then it's the raw game at home, which is going to be decisive, I think. And then, But they got a tougher, tougher run home. They've got Sydney away, Victory away, Adelaide at home. Yeah. So that's a tougher final three games, but if they're clear after the raw game, it's almost academic. So, but yeah, so basically, the attitude yeah. for this game is no this, pressure, but you this really, is, really, yeah. really this need to win. This is a massive, massive game for the Raw here. Do you make any changes to the team for this? I would make one change. I would bring Corey Brown in at left back. And if he does play, by the way, he'd be it's his 100th appearance for the club. Okay. If he plays. So, actually, one... I, would, I would bring him in not just for that sentimental reason, because I think his balance that he brings as left back going forward is better than what Franich has in that position. It's just not his role. And quite frankly, one lesson I learned on Saturday, you do not want two guys named Corey on the bench because when someone yells down saying, Corey, you're coming on, (laughs) there's a little bit of the, who, me or him? (laughs) So, yeah. I I do want to see probably, as good as Franich has been, I do want to see probably a more... If Conroy Tool's fit, I would consider that as well, but I'm just assuming he may not be ready, so I said Corey Brown to come in. Keep Jade North and Avram Papadopoulos? I can't think of anyone else who'd come in. Luke Tavir's still injured, isn't he? Possibly Daniel Bowles. Is he injured as well? I thought he was on the bench. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, enough of the Abbott and Costello routine. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you keep Enrique as a super sub. And then, as much as you want to see someone like Leck or Brady have a run, you probably can't really afford to sub in... Uh, I might have Enrique, Gamero and Brady on the bench, though. You're just going just, for, ready to go for broke. Yeah. Because there so was that bench on Saturday with better, no midfield cover. Yeah, you might as well go for it. Yeah. 
Adam? Yeah, no, look, absolutely. I think, again, you know, if there's anything that's true about, you know, this uh, adrenal wussy finals every week mentality these try point through it's got to be you got to go for it every week yeah. like I said there's no more chances if they want to make finals they've got to win it simple yeah. as that on Saturday night yep and yeah it's, it is still in their hands but it's getting very very tight the, the margin for error is essentially gone now yeah. it's a I, case of yeah. win because you went through it a few weeks ago looking at what sort of points they'd need to get into six and I think they've lost already the the points, the, the, the margin of those points. The number, had, yeah. I believe, as an average, was 36 points per game. Yeah. But I don't think it, I don't think you're going to wind up with 36 points. No. As I know the, there's 18 still to play for, but... That's uh, 13 now, mate. Yeah. Well, we're 22. Yeah. So, yeah, in yeah. seven seasons for 27 games, you're at 36 points. Yeah. So, there's 18 points to play for, but... I think it's going to be less than 36 this year anyway. It I might even be less than 30. Sydney running, with Sydney Newcastle running yeah. away with it, yeah, I think that number's going to come down. I but... think that's going to come down to probably the 2012-13 mm. one where Perth Glory got into the finals with 32 points. Yeah. I think you're going to be looking at that sort of number. Yeah. So, basically, you need to 10 get... 10 points from six games. Which minimum, yeah, and which again goes back to taking Don't care of business at home. Wanderers are four points closer to that total as well than we are. Yeah, although that being said, you could very easily see Victory or Adelaide having a collapse as the season goes on I too. Think Victory's win on Saturday night puts them still got out more Champions yeah. League to go th- through though. But anyway, yeah, just looking at those numbers, that's pretty much what we're looking at. Yeah. So you get your six points from your two remaining home games and hope you can pinch something on the road. Yeah. Well, they have been better on the way from yeah, home. I was actually home, more. <laughs> so that might actually work in their favour having the away games to round out the season. That's it. All right, so we're going to go into the picks now and I've just got to actually get up the uh, sheet. So, Scott, Adam, talk amongst yourselves for a second. How you been, Adam? Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just wanting to see if I'm still top of Well, I think... Well, you're away. People looked after you quite nicely. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah that's owe, not really fair. You owe Angela and Fitz a, a vote of thanks. <laughs> so it was a 2-1 loss last also week. Also, our ineptitude with picking is... <laughs> oh, come on. What? So I thought I did really well picking... I got yeah. my result right for a 2-1 loss. Scott, you yeah. picked a 1-1 draw last week. Yeah, I knew I was wrong. Oh, no, wait. An- Angela got a... I'm glad uh, there's no relegation in this because I'd be well gone. Yeah. Well, Angela managed to pick the correct result uh, too, but not the correct score. So, yeah. So it looks like Adam's still on top by one point. I think if you separated no. Angela's results from Adam, she'd still be ahead of my results for the season in general. <laughs> yeah, that's despite actually, being on about four shows. That's actually true. Scott hasn't yeah. got a single one right. I know. This year. I've been shocking. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to lead things off and go with the prediction that I put in my preview for work and say a one-one draw. Oh, well, I'll be more positive. I'll say one-nil to Brisbane. All right, Adam. One-nil Brisbane. Okay, so if you're going into your own tipping competition, I would say go the opposite direction to us. Yeah. We remember, been... I've got nothing right all yeah. season, so just steer clear of that. We have been absolutely freaking hopeless at this. So... Yeah, I'm leading, but it's nothing to brag Who's about. bad idea with this tipping thing? Uh, I think it was just a bit of an ego boost for me for a while, even though, mm. I, even though it looks like Scott won the first season yeah. and Adam won, looks like he's going to go on and win the second yeah. one. So, Anyway... It's an A-League split round coming up, so yes. there are four games this weekend one of them's around 23, though, as well, yeah. Yes, thank you for cutting me off. Do you want to host? No. <laughs> Do you right. know why? They're playing this round 23 game, so I haven't got a clue. I have a feeling it's probably going to be something to do with Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. I, I just at a total guess, or yeah. something to do with that. Actually, I just remembered a news story that we didn't get to, the What's Saturday that? Night A-League Grand Final. 
Yes. We'll talk about that next week. We can. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Adam, good to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Good to see you again, Adam. James. Enjoy the football this weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week. This has been the Brisbane Football Review.